This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. Where you go, Auburn fans? Welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Jared Davis. It is time to talk about the Hilltoppers, and particularly Auburn being the Hilltoppers, or whatever that mascot was. I saw Auburn made fun of it as a red Skittle or red M&M or something, and I was like, <laughs> that's hilarious. It really does look like that. So, But we ended up winning 41-17. to Despite even at halftime, it was 17-17, to and uh, it looked like the Hilltoppers were gaining some momentum. But Auburn... In true fashion, I love it. You scare us a little bit, and then we just we do what we should have done from the very get-go and just put them away. And uh, we put them away for sure in that fourth quarter. Jared, we just won two straight games. How, how do we react to this? It's been so long. Impossible, you say. <laughs> two games in a row. Um, I think I saw where he uh, Cadillac has tied the Harson streak, a uh, winning streak, mm-hmm. while he was at Auburn. No way. It was two in a row, the most he did. I think so. That's what somebody said. Wow. So um, kudos to Cadillac. Um, He's only been doing it for three weeks. Um, Yeah, and you think about it, I mean, it could have easily been three in a row. So that's It easily could have been. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hey, hey, don't hold your breath too much, but uh, Bama team coming up, they're they're not invincible. Oh, are you you, uh, forecasting a prediction here? (laughs) AJ, you have to wait and see in our next podcast. Okay, All teaser. Right. Uh, yeah, I I am on pins and needles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it was pretty cool. And as far as the hilltopper mascot, I don't know. My my sons were asking me. They're young, and I'm like, I don't know either. Like they're like, what what is a hilltopper? Uh, I was like, I'm sure there's something to that, but I have no idea what it is. I have no so, idea either. Yeah, it just looks like a a red blob that has this like squished face. Yeah, it's around. a yeah, their actual mascot is yeah, it's like a red blob of energy is what it is, I think. But yeah, I don't know. So it's um interesting mascot. Um and my my we had watched a little bit of the Georgia Kentucky game and my mom noticed their helmets and then Western Kentucky I think they may be the like the only two teams in America that have like that chrome plated helmet. Yeah. Um, so not that any of this matters, but we're just making weird observations here, AJ. That's what we're doing. So, I mean, uh, we got to point it out. Both Kentucky the Hilltoppers, and the Hilltoppers are, it's just a weird, like people make fun of, you know, us being the war Eagles or the tigers as well. And you're like, what are you saying? Like, no, no guys, we only have one mascot here. Okay. Yeah. Stop it. Just yeah. stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I, still get, I still get that all the time being in Georgia, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about, uh, you know, kind of what this means. So now we're five and six, which for a moment there, you know, we were all seeing, you know, three and six and we were like, oh my, like we might legitimately have as bad of a season as, you know, that 2012 season. And Cadillac has turned this around for this Auburn team and really for the fan base, which is, I think for a lot of us, a good thing to, uh, kind of uh, unite us all and uh i mean you even saw it we beat the hilltoppers and there were so many fans at the end of the game in the freezing 30 or 40 degree weather out there still celebrating with this team like that doesn't happen 
anywhere else in college football. I mean, did you see the Texas A&M fans? They well, were the all 15 of them in the stands. It was 40 degrees and raining. That's what their fans are saying. So I don't care. It was freezing. I don't care. Like uh, you got to like show up, show up for your team. They're new. Their new stadium, their stadium should say home of the 12th man unless it's below 40 and sprinkling. <laughs> and then they we might that. and then we might show the 12th man, which is only literally 12 men in the stands. Yeah, that's you know, what, like, maybe that's what they meant by it. I don't know. Maybe. I've never in my life. If you haven't seen the stands at the Texas A&M game, go, look, go Google that. I mean, I've yeah. never. I mean, it literally was nobody. Uh, yeah. I mean, we talk about fans leaving, and you still got a decent. You still got, you know, forty thousand. Like they had, right. they, I don't know if they had a thousand. <laughs> it was that crazy. It, yeah, and you know what's hilarious about that? The stadium announcer apparently announced that there were ninety thousand tickets sold, and you're like, ninety thousand? Are you kidding me right now? Like they announced the stadium today is ninety thousand. You're like, no, it wasn't. Like not even in one moment was there ninety thousand fans that checked. They're you know, scanned in to get their tickets. Like, no way. Which, again, is kind of like coming back to Auburn, showing, you know, how much of this, you know, cat, getting behind Cadillac, this team being rejuvenated means so much. And just because they have, you know, Jimbo over there doesn't mean the fans are going to show up. But you get somebody like Cadillac, he he's galvanized this team together and, and helped this fan base get back into it, which I think is equally as important. Um, because I, I was even thinking back, Jared, you know, thinking back to Harson when he got hired, you know, you and I, like we rarely, or we barely knew hardly anything about Harson. We just knew, Oh, he's from Boise state. He's got a good record. I didn't know much about him. I didn't even know what kind of offense he ran. <laughs> like we had to look up that and that kind of, you know, obviously has transitioned into, wow. The, the program, you know, after he came to the, to Auburn, is in a worse shape than it was when he came. And then Cadillac is like, man, I love Auburn so much. And he brings it back. He brings everybody back into loving Auburn again. And I think that's just something really cool. Um, So um, another kind of cool thing about Cadillac, you know, the running back that he is, here's a really cool stat over, you know, him being a head coach, you know, in the last, what, three games now, uh, or two games. He's only been two games, right? Yeah. No, yeah. three games. Three uh, he's games. done three. three yeah. Games. Um, there have now been five 100-yard rushers, which I think is incredible. And previous eight games have only had two 100-yard rushers. And to me, that's telling me, wow, we, we've really committed to that run, which <laughs> what were we kind of promised at the very beginning of the season that we're going to run the ball? And we didn't get a lot of that this year. Um, until Cadillac came on on the scene and oh man we have run the ball and it has been been a beautiful thing with Robbie Jarquez and Hunter and Jark and uh, Tank so like man how much have you loved watching us just run the ball and run it pretty efficiently um, against some teams that they're not necessarily known for I don't know like we we've done pretty good against it yeah it's, uh, I mean you're seeing what you should do as a coach, you get the ball in your best playmaker's hands and you do it as often as possible and good things will happen. I mean, look, last night in the first half, it wasn't great. I mean, we were doing okay offensively, 
but even the touchdown drives we had, we were having to, you know, convert on third and maybe even a fourth down every now and then. So we were having to earn it, right? It wasn't great. We weren't mm-hmm. manhandling them. Guess what? Come out in the second half, you could have panicked. You could have gone to the passing game. That's what Harson would have done, and we didn't. We stuck with the run. We kept getting the ball in tanks and Jarquez's hands, and both of them had 40-plus yard runs. And if you don't keep feeding them, they probably don't have those runs. Right. And so that's why we have said it. From for two years, you put the ball in your playmaker's hands as much as possible because they will make plays. Right. And it's just a matter of time. Like, to me, I, I was looking at it and saying, all right, we, we have, uh, like, to me, it's an obvious we have more talent than Western Kentucky. It's just a matter of time before we start beating down their defense and those big runs start happening. And towards the end of the game, that's when it started happening. You know, Tank would have a run that would go for a long. He would score a touchdown. Jarquez would next drive do the same thing. And you know, to me, that's just saying, you know, we're putting the ball in the in our playmakers' hands. But it's also the the kind of mentality I feel like for the offensive line, like we're gonna be running the ball a lot. So it's it, they're able to set that mindset of. We're just going to manhandle the defensive line. And that's what they're able to do. They they open up some great holes for our, our running backs, and the, the rest is history. We made some great plays um, in that game. And one of those plays I wanted to point out was that halfback pass. So uh, I'm sure you've probably seen, but that was kind of the same play that we did with Cadillac back in 2004. But another kind of fun tidbit there, Will Friend was at Georgia, the team we were doing against, back in 2004 as well. So uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool, you know, to tie all of that back where, you know, we do that with Jarquez Hunter, passing it to Coy Moore, and it was successful. I mean, that's just so cool. That's funny. Um, you know, whoever the new head coach is, his first call to players is, needs to be to Jarquez. Like, hey, hey, we're cool, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but you're staying at Auburn, right? I mean, that guy is just effortlessly avoids tackles. Like, it's just, yeah. it's like hard to bring him down. And I don't understand it. I think it's the way he probably shifts his body as he's taking on contact. But even that run that he did, it was almost like he was waiting on, and it wasn't, this isn't a knock on Shanker because he's done really well, but he was like waiting on Shanker to block, and Shanker did not. And he said, all right, I'll just do this myself. And he like juked around <laughs> some guys and took it to the house. Yeah. Um, and and he had what I thought one of the coolest plays. I know this is kind of weird, but it just shows you how they're good teammates. Quez had a play where he was the lead blocker out to get Tank on a big run. Yeah, so you just like to see him doing that work to help out. You know, he could easily be like, "Man, this ain't this isn't me getting the ball. I'm just gonna mail it in." No, he was out there. He he sealed the edge off for Tank to take off. So yeah, that's cool to see. I mean, it just kind of reminds me of you know back in the days when. Uh, we we would watch like I would particularly watch wide receivers, you know, making sure on a, on running plays, obvious running plays are the wide receivers setting the edge, you know, blocking their guy, so that you know a speed sweep or whatever. If, if the run comes to the outside, we we got open field, and it's kind of that same thing with Jarquez. Jarquez, if he didn't make those type of blocks, I mean, we may not have had you know the success when when Tank's running the ball. Um, I just I, like the what I like not only is sticking to the run but the um, 
variety. It's just, it's, I feel like everything yeah. with Harson and them was the same type running play. And I mean, we're, we're getting, we're doing all types of things. We're getting on the edge, tall sweeps, um, tons of different things that are working. And I don't know where that was before now. Right. Um, because I, I was also thinking like, I can't imagine them being able to install all of that in simply three weeks. Like I'm sure they had practiced it probably even since maybe even spring practice. Like these, these have been plays. Like you don't just pull out a play and say, all right, we're practicing it for a week and we're going to run it and be super successful with it. No, the, you, you practice these plays spring practice, fall practice, and during the season until you're ready for to debut it in the game. So like, why didn't we do that previously? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And I mean, just the halftime adjustments, AJ. I mean, yeah. I mean, for a year and a half, we watched games where if we went in seven, we went in with the lead, but much less 17 17, you had zero hope they were coming out in the second half and yeah. would, would take over that game. And I mean, Mississippi State, we're down, we come in, we take the lead with a minute left. Mm-hmm. A&M was the one where we didn't really improve in the second half, but we kept doing what we were doing, right? Yeah, and then this game, seventeen seventeen. I'll admit I was nervous, and yeah. we made adjustments. We came out and we, you know, put forty one up on the board. So, right, it's just real exciting to see second half adjustments. Yeah, well, and you know what? Like one of the interviews, I think it was with Cadillac. He was asked, "Hey, wh- what did y'all do in the second half? You know, what did you tell your team?" And he just he he was about to come in, and he said it was some of the senior leaders like Derek Hall were were essentially kind of taken over the room and said, guys, we're not playing Auburn football. And so to me, there's kind of this, like the coach recognizing he, he could say the most beautiful, eloquent halftime speech of all time. And that's not going to motivate the players as good as, you know, the senior leader, Derek Hall or the other seniors coming up and saying, guys, this is senior night. Like this is our last game in Jordan hair. We got to win. And we have to show out and and play like Auburn. And to me, like that's a recognition from Cadillac that he he can't be perfect and he can't do it all. And he's saying, I'm going to let other people do it. And to me, that shows a lot of maturity. And I love that out of him. Yeah. And Derek Hall is a good one to kind of lean on with that, isn't he? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, if like I think he's going to have a great career in the NFL, but he has also a fantastic press conference like if you want to go listen to some good press conference literally just go listen to Derek Halls so he's, um, up, he's up for some kind of man of the year that they do in college football I was unaware of he's a finalist yeah I mean so. he's got it all so uh, I feel like Auburn especially on defense tends to have at least like one of those players um, that is just like an all-around uh, kind of really great person player academics, everything. And so, I mean, to me, that's Derek Hall for this team. Um, All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, kind of what we ended up doing with even Robbie um, and some of the wide receivers this game. Uh, Robbie didn't have his best game, but uh, I mean, he kind of did what he had to, you know, he was eight of 19, didn't turn the ball over. um, And, you know, that's about all we could do. That's about all we could ask for. Um, I think one of the announcers had said Western Kentucky had turned over, caused other teams to turn over the ball like 30 times in a game or, you know, in a season already. And 
Auburn was like, we're going to secure the ball and not turn the ball over. And we literally had one fumble. I think that was like an exchange or something like that. Besides that, our team looked very flawless uh, when it came to that, those type of things. Uh, but when it came to wide receivers, we had some some issues. Um, it kind of hurt me a little bit, especially with uh, Shedder Jackson a couple times. I mean, he had that long, beautiful pass to him, and it just dropped. And I was like, dang it. Like, how cool would that have been one of his last games where he's he just catches this long, deep ball, and he's wide open? And you're just like, oh, man, man. So tough. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was hard shed at that. Um, yeah, I feel like the um, – I don't know what to think about Robbie because uh, I do feel like when Harson was here, Robbie was a better passer, if I'm being mm-hmm. honest. I feel like that part right. of the game was better. I um, Although he, he did it more, so maybe he got in a rhythm more. But, like, you know, there were times where, you know, he could have rolled – there was a play where he could have ran and got the first down. He decided to dump it out to Jarquez, which was not a terrible play, except he threw it 10 yards over Jarquez's head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, how do you – like, I don't, I, it's, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you, like, I'm not skilled enough to ever be an SEC quarterback, but once you are, I don't know how you don't make those passes, I guess is what I'm right. getting at. On the other hand, he made one that live, it looked like, oh, well, that was just tough play, yada, yada, yada. But he, he put one in a great spot for Shanker in the end zone that hit his hand. Yeah. So, you know, that was a pass that probably Shanker should have caught. Yeah. Shed should have caught one. Um. You know, he had a good one to uh, JJ where they mm-hmm. called the targeting, which was not. That was a good call to pull that back. Yeah, And agreed. kudos to JJ for hanging on to that ball. Um, yeah. You know, that was a good pass by Robbie. I just, as I'm, I was uh, watching our team, the way we're running right now, I was like, man, if we had a quarterback that was a legit threat, not a knock on Robbie, he's a gamer and his legs help us a lot. But I'm like, if we had a legit threat at passing, mm-hmm. we could be dangerous. I mean, yeah, Robbie kind of keeps the defense a little off balance. But imagine having a passer like I mean, I hate to do it, but and people may cringe a little, but like think about Bo Nix. Like what about if Bo Nix could do that? Like Will Friend is passing better. I can't believe I'm saying this. Will Friend calling an offense with Bo Nix, I, I would actually think we would have a chance going into Tuscaloosa next week. Yeah. The way they're calling this offense right now, I just think it could be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and I, and that's crazy because Will Friend was an offensive line coach. Um, and the O-line's playing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, they and did that's not even, the game out better, but they, they, again, second half adjustments, they came out and played much better in the second half. Yeah, and I was going to say that that's even with some of these uh, offensive linemen still shifting around. Yeah, we lost one or two in the game, but they <laughs> at least came out a couple of plays. I mean, it, the whole unit's just playing better. They did not do great the first half, but the second yeah. half, much, much better, and they've been much better since the change was made. So I think it's an effort thing, AJ. I just think it's an effort thing, and the players would never say they weren't given 100%. I don't even know if they don't realize they weren't. Subcon- the subconscious mind's a strong thing. Right. Um, I-, I think that they are just giving better effort now. Yeah. I think they have probably gone to Robbie. So let- let's give Robbie a little uh, credit here. I think they've probably gone to Robbie and said, uh, we can live with the 50% completion percentage. Yes. Just don't turn it over. Yes. I, I bet they've they've come to him and said that. Like, we don't need you to be an 80% passer, even a 60% passer. Just keep them a little honest. Don't turn and the if, ball. Yeah, don't turn the ball over. And guess what? Robbie has done so much better. I mean, he's had his moments. Yeah, we had his, you know, we had his complaints. But, like, he hasn't turned the ball over. And that's what I mean by he's done better. So, from that perspective. 
Um, all right, let's shift a little bit and talk about defense. Um, this defense in the first half, especially towards the end of the first half, got me a little scared thinking, wow, because uh, it's always one of those things where a an air raid offense like Western Kentucky, they're going to, if they're on a roll, they're going to be completing four, five, six, seven catches in a row. And that's hard to stop. Um, but, I mean, overall, that defense shut them down. Um, so kind of put in perspective, the passing percentage for this team was 28 of 59. So under 50% passing completion. Whereas you compare that to their average, <laughs> their average completion over this whole year has been 67 or 68%. So our pass defense, they, they came to play. Um, and Western Kentucky, they had the fourth best passing offense in the nation. So they're no slouch. And yet we our def- our defenders, you know, secondary were were on their on, were on their guy. And even though I don't think we recorded as many stats as we'd hoped to with sacks and QB rushes as we'd probably hoped, there were still enough to kind of, you know, get in the head of that quarterback. Um and he pretty much second half was ineffective. Um, so again, second half, those adjustments made by that senior leadership, they they were, they did not play around. <laughs> they came to shut them down in that second half, and that that was, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I think we talk, I think we said it was Rich McGlynn that decided who what coaches stayed and didn't. And you got to give him props because I mean he could have easily gotten rid of Schmetting as well. I mean I think that was probably the the fan favorite, like, hey, get rid of everybody, you know, that came over with Harson, and he did. Yeah. Yep. And I know we, I know this is a broken record at this point, but it's just amazing how much better the defense is playing. Um, I, I think it was a wise decision to keep Schmetting. He's making second half adjustments, and you know, to give Schmetting credit, not to knock any individual player, but I mean, we, DJ James is a James. He should have had an interception on that last drive. So I mean, like the like, you know, if we intercept that ball, they don't go down and score right before half. Yeah. So you know, that's not a coaching thing really. So they probably only end the game with 10 points. Um, but DJ made up for it in the, in the fourth quarter with that beautiful catch. For, oh for my gosh. Um, so much redemption. And for him, he's played his, his guts out this whole year. I mean, he's honestly probably my favorite secondary player on this Auburn team. And for him to finally get that interception, yeah, that that's the kind of thing where like all that hard work is paying off. I mean, and for, you know, top that off with returning it for a pick six. I mean, like, I don't know if you can get much better than that. Yeah, he, he redeemed himself being a big way. And he and I agree. I think you I, I know I knocked him for dropping that intercession. But I think you and I've been on the record saying he's probably the becoming, if not already, the best DB on the team. So I'm a huge DJ James fan. Um, I just um you know, just I don't I don't know what Smitty's really doing. I don't know our linebackers are tackling better. I know they had a couple of decent runs, but I mean at the end of the day they're just playing better as a unit, and I, and maybe it just goes back to effort again. I don't know, but it's definitely a whole different ball game than what we what we've been used to seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And even you know Jalen Simpson, who's also been a, a one of my favorite secondary players, he got an interception. He got a pick. Yep, sure did. So, I mean, there were so many times where I was like, wow, we actually can 
Yeah, it is Western Kentucky. Like I know. Like I'm trying to ke- kind of keep. But that they're in a good team, dude. Like they're yeah. actually. I mean, they're they're not a bad. I'm, I'm not. Look, we got. We need to get Auburn to a status to where we're not having to say this. But at the end of the day, <laughs> the team we have this year, uh, which has been struck, Western Kentucky actually scared me. Like I was literally yes. like, I would not be surprised if they beat us. Right. Well, and we were only, I think, what at game time, like a five and a half point favorite yeah. over them. Yeah. Yeah. That shows you. And to me, that's really field position plus a little bit that, you know, Vegas favored us, which to me that says this is a decent team. They are a decent team. And to be able to put like I was thinking about it today, I said, you know, we are not good this year. And we we beat a a non-conference, non-power five team, 41-17. I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's what Auburn should be. Absolutely. you feel like we might be getting back to that a little bit of like, okay, look, even when we're not having good years, we should be able to put nine power five teams away. Right. Well, and, and you, you look back early in the season where we're playing San Jose state and we only beat them 24 them to 16. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Like that. that I, yeah. I think that game right last night could have easily gone that way. If we don't have the coaches that are, actually making adjustments, you know, during yeah. the game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it could, I mean, it was 17, 17 and a half. So that was all, not all coaching. That was effort. It was getting the guys to believe and play and stick with the plan and, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know. It just, I thought about it today. I said, you know, Auburn should be a team that even when they have a bad year, they put away the bad teams. Right. No, they really should. They have the capability and they have the talent to do so. Um, I did want to point out uh, on defense, a couple of, Pretty cool sacks towards the end of the game that probably get a little overlooked. Uh, Dylan Brooks, he's a retro freshman edge rusher uh, for us. He got his first sack as an Auburn Tiger. I loved it. Um, love to see the new guys, uh, especially just knowing Derek Hall is going to be get, moving on. Echo Leota as well. So, yeah, just a glimpse of the future uh, for our edge rushers. Did he get uh, the first one? Because we celebrated two there at the end, like the whole team. Was he the, uh, was he the guy that there was the a, There was another one. Um, it was Hayden Bryce, and that was one of the very last – I think it was the last sack of the game. Okay. Yeah, and, and he's a senior. And, and I mean, honestly, I mean, I, I didn't even know his name. Um, and, and so that kind of shows you, like, he was kind of further down the you know depth chart, but he got that shot at the end of the game, and he made it worth it. Um. And man, I just love it when it, on on that senior day when everybody's getting recognized, he gets to make his play. Man, it's just so sweet. It it really is. Well, I saw that. So the, the somebody made a sack on that last drive, and the team was going bananas. And I, I couldn't yes. make out the name, and I'm guessing that was Brooks. And then, yeah, like the last play of the game for defense, the uh, somebody else got a sack, and you could yep. tell that guy was probably. Uh, uh, a guy that didn't play a lot. So that was yeah. cool through the team celebrating them. It really is. It's pretty cool to see those kind of stories uh, come to life. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about special teams and kind of wrap things up for this game. Uh, special teams. Uh, we had a perfect game from Alec McPherson. Uh, he was two for two for field goals, made a 51 yarder. And that was early in the game. And a 28 yarder as well. He also made all five of his point after attempts. He was having a good day. And I love to see that. Um, I think his confidence, and he, I think he even said it, is building with every kick. And that's something good for Auburn's kind of future. Because yeah. kind of the way we've handled Alex McPherson, because we have had Anders for most of the season, Alex is still going to be able to use his red shirt. So next year, 
he'll still be a redshirt freshman. And so hypothetically, we're going to have him for another four years. Uh, so the future is bright for our kicking team. I mean, we talk about defensive backs. We talk about good running backs. Pretty unsung heroes are the kickers. I mean, even think about Daniel Carlson still. He's in the NFL doing things that a lot of kickers just can only dream of. <laughs> and so Alex McPherson may be that next kicker for us and uh, continue that legacy of just being a great Auburn kicker. Um, a couple other notes. We had Evan McGuire. He's the lefty kicker. He was doing kickoffs again. Um, seemed to do a good job. I feel like his leg still isn't – he's not getting it all the way to the end zone every time. But our kickoff return team has been great. Uh, so, I mean, I guess it's working. Um, and then punt returner. So I kind of noticed this. This was kind of interesting. We we had a couple different punt returners. We had Keontae Scott, who's kind of been our normal guy, number six, uh, returning punts. He got an 18-yard, very sneaky. It almost looked like he probably could have fair caught it. And maybe the the kickoff team or the punt team thought he did. And he just kind of like scooted right past them and got a pretty decent return. And then we also had Dazlin Worsham. Uh, he was the guy I think last week we used a lot in punt return. So pretty cool to see a new guy uh, out there. And he also looked like he could he could get he could make a move and uh, get up to that top speed, which is uh, a couple big characteristics that you look for uh, with the punt returner. So pretty cool there. Um, I think overall, I mean, Jared, to get two straight wins, especially for Cadillac in this team at the end of the season in Jordan Hare. I mean, I think it just says a lot that this team's resilience, um, and, and particularly, I mean, we haven't even like hit on this, but with it being senior night, you know, 23 seniors, and uh, plus, I guess, I think Colby Wooden also joined them as a redshirt junior on senior day, so he's probably going to the NFL. But you just see so much resilience out of these seniors. A lot of them have gone through, you know, was this like us? Probably their third coach at Auburn. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot that they've had to battle, and you can see them sticking it out. And, and especially in the day, think about this, Jared. You know, in the day where you can, you know, literally just say, "I'm entering the transfer portal." You can get picked up by another team in a heartbeat if you're a good player. These players, a lot of them, stuck it out, um, or they were in the transfer portal. We picked them up. And they have loved it. I mean, think about like Eculeta, for example, you know, coming from a Northwestern, a guy that, you know, had showed some promise even at Northwestern. But the last couple of seasons, he has really become one of the top pass rushers for Auburn. And and I love that. So and that's just, you know, picking out an example of that. But, Jared, what's kind of your thoughts on, you know, how this senior leaders, uh, you know, have kind of really helped this team, especially in these crazy times of uh you know firing a coach mid-season yeah i mean we've had a real it's a really good senior class you know your Derek calls and your shankers and shed jackson and you know i i i feel bad for them because there's been very few senior people who didn't experience really big highs at auburn i mean it's, it's very rare that we go you know four or five years and not you know have a, a run at really the sec yeah. Um. And uh, these guys most likely probably didn't get to be a part of that. Um. They went through coaching changes, as you talked about. They dealt with COVID. So, you know, it was a lot. Um. And every team dealt with COVID, but not every team was dealing with coaching changes 
And when you're changing coaches, you're not winning a lot of games, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and these guys stuck with us even in the era where the transfer portal became a big thing. Yeah. I mean, Derek Hall could have gone anywhere. Oh, yeah. Colby Wooden could have gone anywhere. And almost did, probably. And I think he got taught back in to stay in, you know. Even Tank, too. Tank could have gone anywhere. I mean, you know, so these guys, you know, I I, I think when we look back, we'll look back on, you know, fondness of, of, all, of all these guys because they really could have, they could have left Auburn in a really big hole, even though we feel like we're in one now, it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. Um, we Those guys deserve a lot of credit. Um, hopefully they'll always get, you know, a nice round of applause when they come back to campus. Yeah. And, um, you know, looking forward to seeing what they do. I think, I think several of these guys can definitely go pro. Some of them will probably get into coaching and maybe one day they'll be doing what Cadillac's doing right now. That would be so cool. Like just imagine, you know, 10 years from now, 15 (laughs) years from now, Derek Hall is our interim. Like, yeah, I mean, I could absolutely see, yeah, I could see Derek Hall being a coach. Yeah, like a defensive line coach. Oh, my gosh. I mean, the thing about Derek Hall is, like, you watch basketball. He's at every game. I mean, he just yes. loves golfing. He's at yes. every game. Games he doesn't have, games that don't matter. He's at those games. He's not at the ones that are, you know, like, big time. Like, he's not like Kentucky on a Saturday. He's at Texas Southern, you know. <laughs> um, and did you see him dig up a part of the field? Oh, yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure Lance, the field crew was like, "Why did you do that?" But like, I don't blame them. Her, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, that, that was pretty. That was a cool moment. And um, and who's gonna tell Derek Hall no, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that was cool. But yeah, it was gonna be sad to see them gone. We got one more game with them. Yep. Maybe we'll have two. You never know, yeah. Derek. You know, honestly, if I was advising Derek Hall, I'd say don't play in a bowl game. But he's the type of guy that may come out and play in a bowl game. I think he's going to play. He, he has, to me, kind of that heart that I think back to Derek Hall and uh, Derek, or Brown. Derek, Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson. Like, both of them. Like, I, I think he's going to play. Like, regardless of what he's advised on, he's going to say, this is my team. I'm finishing them out. Like, I'm finishing out. I'm going to do it. But, I, I could definitely see him doing it. I would not fault him. And if I was advising him, I would probably advise him not to. But yeah, um, if he does it, that'll be even another like, you know, cool thing about his history at Auburn. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jared, how can uh, the people stay in touch with you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Jared Davis. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at A-J-A-Y, underscore. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.